स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाई एच डी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू मिंट आई एम नसरीन सुल्ताना यू आर लिसनिंग टू ऑल थिंग्स मार्केट्स वेर आई स्पीक टू एक्सपर्ट्स एनालाइजिंग द बिग ट्रेंड्स मूविंग द स्टॉक मार्केट्स Indian equities are ending 2021 with over 20% gains outperforming other peers in emerging markets. Despite the brutal second wave of COVID and rising inflation, markets hit record highs multiple times during the year, led by factors such as decline in COVID cases in second half of the year, a significant pickup in the pace of vaccination, and the consequent sharp recovery in economic activities. But now, as we head into 2022 world's major central banks have started prioritizing inflation control over growth acceleration so will liquidity tapering by global central banks in 2022 puncture the super rally in indian markets what are the big market trends to watch out in 2022 What are the key risk to discuss that I am joined by Dhananjay Sinha MD and Chief Strategist JM Financial Institutional Securities Hi Dhananjay welcome to the show Yeah good to be on the show Nasreen Yeah this is the last week of the year so I think there will be a lot of questions in terms of outlook and stuff and how yes. things have gone by Yes that yeah with your questions yeah Please All right. Ahead. Yes, we are starting. Uh, you know, we are almost in the mid of the last trading week, and what a year it was! A uh, lot of turbulence, uh, both in terms of markets and, of course, the virus that has been haunting, uh, you know, investors worldwide. So, if I have to ask you, how do you sum up Indian markets' performance in 2021? So, I think, as we all know, the benchmark index indices actually. Uh, Uh, would be giving about 20% or 21% return over last year closing, and uh, and and this was almost this this was also after almost like 80% bounce from the COVID lows. So I think it has been a phenomenal ride from the bottom, and uh, uh, so that is uh, the overall uh, the way markets behave. I think if you look at the components, there are uh, certain uh, important trends that we sort of noticed. It's basically dominated by you know a couple of things that we. notice is that it is dominated by global oriented uh, sectors on the one hand so you have metals which 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 rebounded by almost like 70% it was even higher somewhere around i think it peaked around um, august or somewhere there but on a net basis it is about uh, you know 96% technology has done uh, has outperformed with a 51% growth and uh, And, and we have seen even uh, you know there was there were uh, uh, expectations of growth coming back you know capex happening etc which has been dormant for several years so the the cap cut index has also risen by 38% uh, you know an expectation of revival manufacturing sector real estate um, uh, sector also did well it has been also it had been dormant even uh, you know if you look at period before the covid it has bounced back almost like uh, 50% has been a good performance for PSU sectors uh, you know largely from the you know oil sector and the PSU banks uh, you know those have actually done well and and i think lastly uh, what has done well is also the mid cap and small cap indices uh, which have risen by almost like 40% uh, 
and and these are higher than the than the than the nifty uh, nifty performance so i think there are a whole host of uh, global and domestic sectors which have actually done better than the in, uh, than the benchmark index uh, and i would say what has not done well is essentially the core uh, themes in india which basically is around the uh, themes that are around domestic consumption um, you know uh, both with respect to fmcg staples and durables and discretionary autos the sector has not uh, really done well so the, this is you know, one glaring uh, underperformance and also another glaring underperformance has been the uh, performance of the private sector banks notwithstanding the fact that they have been gaining market share in terms of business growth they have been growing lending more than the and then the systemic level uh, you know uh, it you know the systemic level growth uh, in terms of bank lending has been till now about 7% fairly anemic whereas the private sector banks have been much higher many of them are in middle uh, mid, mid uh, double digit so you know there has been a sort of a glaring underperformance there as well whereas the psu banks have actually done phenomenally well so i would say broadly these are the uh, you know key trends that we noticed so post pandemic of course uh, equity as a asset class have been outperforming do you draw comfort that uh, uh, you know gold or rupee or any other competing asset class uh, we also have newer asset classes that have emerged post pandemic even then equities have actually got the most higher allocation of money across the world not only in india and of course india has beaten uh, emerging market peers right. do you draw comfort from there that 2022 is likely going to replicate or was going to be even better so the way i look at it is that uh, in incrementally uh, you know the performance as uh, performance for next year is going to be a challenge because if you look at uh, 2008 uh, post the gfc or prior to the gfc until till 2019 that is the, the uh, you know period before the covid the average uh, uh, return in, uh, in nifty was about 7% on an annual basis so if you look at the performance uh, since the covid it has been phenomenally higher than the average and and uh, we are expecting that on the the uh, the performance likely to be very flat or ranged from in 2022 uh, and that's largely because uh, we believe that the the macro factors that were driving uh, sort of uh, valuations um, since the pandemic are ebbing so that's largely uh, you know in the domain of uh, global excess liquidity which was uh, driving down the risk free rate and that uh, sort of elevating the valuations much more than um what we have seen in the past so there is there, there was a significant support there so in 2022 and and and, and years after that we see um uh, those factors actually normalizing we are also expecting there will be a certain amount of uh, uh, sort of ebbing of growth momentum as well so it's quite likely that next year is going to be a fairly flattish kind of a scenario for global equities and also from an india standpoint which is actually performed very well and there are concerns hmm. on valuations yeah right what according to you would be key risks uh, and challenges that may derail the indian market super rally i understand probably the easy money is going to start uh, drying up uh, but besides that what do you think would be challenges i think the biggest uh, concern for the market would be the the global liquidity and the risk free rate and i would say within that if you look at from an india standpoint 
um, it will be the FII flows. Uh, up until now, what we have seen is that uh, because uh, of the monetary expansion in the developed market, especially the US and Europe, you know, the FII flows uh, till March of this year, uh, you know, if you look at the uh, FI21 data, it was almost like $36 billion. Uh, then it has become very sporadic. Uh, so uh, I would say on average, uh, there has been an outflow from equities. Portfolio flows has been kind of you know, flat, flattish kind of a scenario. So uh, what we think is that uh, uh, while, while that was happening, I think uh, you know, we also ran a sort of current account surplus uh, because of uh, uh, the slowdown, etc., and hence we saw a significant rise in the in the in the in the reserve balance of the RBI uh, that rose by almost like 140 and 50 billion dollars. That infused a lot of liquidity in the system. Plus, you had uh, sort of a lot of uh, liquidity emerging from domestic central bank as well. In RBI, actually infused a lot of liquidity through various mechanisms to help the financial system, which is banking and and NBFCs. So that translated into very large liquidity. So what we are, what the risk, the core thing that we are basically expecting next year is that uh, as the normalization in, in monetary policies in, in US and Europe happens, especially in Euro, US, uh, there will be outflow uh, you know, as far as the portfolio flow is concerned. So the risk uh, largely emanates from a sort of a, a steeper than um, expected normalization that, in, in uh, quantitative easing of the U.S. Fed rate hikes, they have already announced that they will. Now they they projected three rate hikes this year. It could be more, and I think other central banks also adopting similar strategy. So I think that is the biggest risk from a from from uh, from a market standpoint because uh, not only would the FI flows become uh, negative, it is also possible that the other components of of the current of the capital balance, uh, capital account might also sort of uh, uh, diminish. So I think the big risk is uh, basically the drying out of the out, out of the out of the you know liquidity and that impacting the valuation. Mm. The other risk essentially comes from um, the fact that you know the growth part which has been fairly robust. If you notice, the mm. year of growth generally is expected in India about nine percent for FI twenty two and eight point one percent next year, point two percent next year. Now, what we are noticing is that global trade is also sort of uh, flattening after a 26% rebound uh, from the pandemic uh, pandemic lows. Now, so that has been a very important driver for for India's growth. We are seeing a slowdown in in China, uh, and and possibly there will be some slowdown in in the market. So, what 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 we the risk essentially is that we will have a slower growth in emerging markets, including India, a terminal growth rate. For India, could be about four or five, around five percent. So while average may look like nine percent, and you know, uh, you know, eight point nine or nine percent this year, next year eight point one, eight point two percent. But terminal growth rates in the last quarters could be about four and a half, five percent. So if you have a scenario where global liquidity is normalizing and your growth is actually uh, decelerating towards the end of the each of these two years. Um, then uh, the risk on uh, can can be twin. One is on the liquidity, the other one could be on the growth side. So I think these are the two major risks that one that one should actually look at. Right, and of course uh, we have the impending uh, COVID crisis, and the, few of the countries are already facing a 
possible lockdown. Uh, but besides COVID, do you also think that uh, inflation could be a risk? Uh, a, because most of the central banks have kind of acknowledged that uh, maybe inflation is not transitory, as Fed had mentioned earlier. And yeah. uh, in India also, we have seen the way commodity prices have a actually increase the uh, input prices for a lot of companies and earnings have been impacted. So overall, do you think inflation to be a very big risk for equities? So I think uh, the, the reason why the normalization is happening is because there is a change in uh, assessment that uh, the inflation in developed markets, especially the U.S., is, is actually not transient as it was thought. There is a sort of a more enduring uh, shortage in labor supply the supply chain um, uh, issues uh, are are, uh, are lingering. Uh, as a result of that, as a result of that, the core inflation has been elevated. So I think that the the, the whole uh, liquidity thing that we're looking at essentially has uh, uh, is driven by higher than expected inflation. And from an India stand, I think uh, uh, what one, one one is expecting is that. Um, you know, uh, up until now, what has happened is that there has been a shift in the in the in the demand side from the unorganized sector to the organized sector, and companies have actually gained a lot of you know, a lot of cash flow because of that. And there is a there is a there is a sort of uh, elevated uh, sort of especially with respect to steel and commodity sectors, there has been a good realization because of high inflation. But you see the domestic private consumption demand has actually been subpar and there is a significant gap there. What we expect next year is that the private uh, consumption, especially with respect to the urban areas, will actually sort of improve. Uh, there is a lot of push from banks uh, by way of cheap uh, cheap uh, retail lending. So it's possible that as consumption picks up and the backlog of high commodity prices in this cost might start permeating into higher um, output prices going forward. So we already have core inflation, which is above 6%, and has averaged above 6% over the last, I would say, uh, six odd months or more. And uh, the, the upside risk is definitely there as, as consumption demand starts to improve. So we are expecting that core inflation could go up to something like 6.5-7%, and RBI will also uh, uh, will need to initiate rate hikes uh, starting from the second quarter and, and, and alongside what happens globally. So I think mm. uh, in India's standpoint as well, I would say that the, the upside risk to inflation is definitely there. The downside risk can happen if, if, if for instance, global supply chain is uh, better than expected and there is a sort of a correction in commodity prices, etc. Uh, but that, you know, I would say that <clears throat> the impact of that could be much lesser because, uh, because right now what we are seeing is that uh, the larger companies are actually having uh, 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 having larger pricing power because of the shift in the demand from unorganized to organized uh, sector companies. And hence, I would say that uh, the pass-through of, of backlog of rising cost onto the output prices is going to be higher. So I think the risk on inflation is, is definitely there. And hence, uh, RBI's actions are also required. And RBI has already articulated that it is also... It is also adopting a normalization strategy for excess liquidity that we have in India. Mm, 
That's right. Uh, see, in uh, 21, um, the quarter's uh, earnings results were, uh, you know, more or less in line uh, for most of the sectors, except for the consumer-focused companies like auto. Uh, but mostly it was uh, in line, and at times it was better than expected. And that, of course, was fueling the uh, the market's momentum, the market's rally. Now that you are also talking about the inflation that may hit consumer demand and, of course, the supply chain disruption, which I have seen in many uh, sectors, do you yeah. think, uh, and, of course, the interest rate hike, if, that all, if at all that comes in, do you think in a scenario as such, earnings may take a hit in uh, maybe uh, 2022 or in maybe next fiscal? Uh, I would say yes. So the thing is, uh, uh, the the key concern that I have is that you know much of the uh, you know impetus from uh, uh, from global trade and global fiscal expansion and and uh, stimulus sector will start ebbing next year. So there's going to be a fiscal drag next year. From India's standpoint, I would say that uh, the contribution of global trade and the contribution of global stimulus sector, uh, you know, running through the uh, the global trade channel has been very strong, so uh, you know that might start sort of uh, you know the the momentum can actually start slackening there. Secondly, I would say Indian government spending and support from a from from a consumption standpoint has been fairly fairly modest. I would say uh, compared to the pre-COVID level, uh, the government government consumption spending has been around eight or nine percent. And net of the WPI inflation, which is in double digits, the real uh, spending has been actually negative. Um, so, and and we are seeing that government uh, government of India is actually getting more conservative on the spending side. If you look at the high frequency data, monthly data of the government of India, and state governments are are, are tackling uh, tighter uh, revenue situation. I think the support from the government standpoint could be lesser. So I would say some of the driving factors to growth um, might actually start impacting the uh, uh, revenues next year and hence also the earnings performance. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, so the upside can happen if the private companies, the organized sector, start employing more people, give more uh, more compensation, etc., and, and that drives consumption. So the private sector becomes private impet private sector impetus becomes much more important how strong that will be we'll have to see as you mentioned there will be a sort of inflationary concerns uh, which can impact that and also i would say the increase in rates uh, that can happen so i think these two factors can mm. can can impact the private sector but overall context if you look at the key drivers of demand and hence also the earnings uh, may actually start slackening so today if you look at the Consensus earnings for uh, Nifty, uh, mm. people are expecting, uh, I would say, roughly about 30% growth uh, this year and next year on average, uh, mm. and maybe 20% the following year. I think these are very optimistic numbers. Uh, these might need to sort of, uh, be calibrated going forward. Right. So in this context, uh, how do you see uh, the valuations uh, of Indian markets? And this is um, one... Uh, factor that we can't have a conversation without because uh, last year, you know, this year, in the last few months, we have seen a lot of global uh, brokerages have raised concerns about the steep valuations that Indian markets have been trading. And this is despite the earnings revival that we saw in September quarter and the previous uh, quarter as well. So do you, are you also concerned about the steep valuations that India is currently and uh, your way forward for next year? 
Yeah, so I think we were uh, we have been talking about the valuation, steep uh, valuations since I would say October of, of this year. So the way to really look at so we've done a global comparison uh, for bank uh, for for Nifty, for instance, and we find that uh, you know across something like twenty seven major indices that we looked at, uh, you know um, the average price to book valuation uh, was about. Uh, you know, 1.9 times, whereas India was about 3.2 times, and and uh, so it's fairly expensive. Uh, also, versus the last five-year average, the price to book uh, is at least 25% higher. Uh, and I think uh, what we found, we have been repeatedly saying for the last few months, is that uh, India is the second most expensive market after the US, uh, and that's largely to give uh, attributable to the fact that. We've had a good performance in terms of uh, the rebound, uh, uh, you know, of, of the index, and uh, so so that is what it is. So I think uh, you might actually see. Uh, uh, see, the thing is, uh, the valuation is very susceptible to global uh, liquidity, and we found that over the last seven eight years, the sensitivity to earnings growth is much lesser uh, compared to the uh, global excess liquidity. So the uh, the uh, the explanatory uh, power of global excess liquidity is almost like 80% for uh, for for uh, you know valuations in india versus earnings which has hardly any elasticity so uh, i would say that uh, the thing is uh, the other thing is that uh, if you have a sort of a contraction in excess liquidity which is measured as money supply to gdp in the us mm. uh, if that comes down it has got a, a sort of a lag impact for another uh, you know uh, 10 to 12 months. So I would say more than rate hikes in the US, I think the reduction in the money supply relative to GDP mm. you know, through the uh, quantitative easing and also subsequently uh, due to uh, sort of uh, a reduction in the balance sheet by the, by the Fed eventually, uh, it will have a lingering impact on the, on the, on the valuations in India. So I think the, the valuation trajectory is going to be fairly suppressed going forward i think the markets are going to be largely driven by individual stocks and sectors and how we sort of look at various cycles and how things are placed around it so mm. i would say initially you might have volatility but i would say we'll have to really look at those sectors and stocks and companies that can actually deliver better uh, uh, top line growth and and they are facing good monopolistic situation to protect their margins and and profitability uh, and I would say, you know, uh, quasi-monopoly or, or, or strong pricing power uh, it will be a very important variable to really look at going forward. Okay. Uh, see, after pandemic, we have uh, actually seen a lot of companies and uh, funds uh, sharpening their focus uh, of investment towards sustainability. Uh, so in this context, which sectors do you think will be watched out in 2022? Sustainability means uh, sustainability, sustainable earnings. Like what are you saying? No, I'm talking about sustainable uh, sustainability in terms of environment. The ESG norms that most companies are focusing on, many companies are hiving off their companies or focusing into only a certain kind of uh, fuel. Uh, I'm not naming companies, but a lot of companies have announced a lot of changes in their uh, uh, investment strategies. Yes, that is there. I think uh, that is why, if you look at it, uh, technology stocks are 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 preferred. So, if you look at it, uh, 
you know, IT sector has been a major outperformer, but uh, outperformer. Or, or, or but I think uh, I would not entirely believe that people have done that because, uh, you know, if you look at the uh, uh, the other spaces such as energy and if you look at metals, which is again very energy intensive and carbon intensive, uh, you know, those have actually done really well. So I think uh, the uh, uh, what markets have actually shunned essentially are uh, are the sectors or stocks that have not participated in the upcycle or they, they have not benefited in the in the recovery um, uh, recovery cycle over the last eighteen months. So I think uh, uh, it, it's not very clear that uh, it's not a very clear verdict that um, that uh, company that investment funds have actually focused. Uh, or investors in general have focused a lot on on ESG, uh, and I think from an India standpoint, uh, and also maybe global, uh, I would say retail investors are also very important, uh, are dominant part of the market. So they may not really be uh, as much um, sort of concerned about the ESG norms, etc. Well, I think uh, these two. Uh, one is the fact that you know uh, it's not really demonstrated in terms of the how, in terms of how. Uh, stocks and sectors have performed. Uh, and also the fact that the mix of the investors have also been shifting both in the developed markets and emerging markets. And we are definitely seeing that in the in the Indian context where uh, HNI and large investors and retail investors are much larger or significantly larger participant than what we saw, let's say, uh, prior to 2017 or thereabouts. So, so I'm not too sure. But I think from an institutional standpoint, uh, there are funds that are ESG uh, sort of guided by ESG norms, etc. And I think uh, within that, I think technology uh, does look well. I think uh, even uh, a lot of these uh, auto companies that are actually moving towards uh, electric vehicles, etc., are also seeing traction. Uh, so those are the things that I would say uh, uh, one can consider in the, within the sustainability thing. All right, Tananjay, on that note, thanks a lot for uh, sharing your outlook for next year. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your time. At, and we wish you a very uh, a happy new year and take care of your health. Happy new year to you as well. And uh, thank you for getting me on the show. Uh, thank take you. Care. Bye. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.